This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Church from Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit our website at faithchurchlubbock.com. Good evening. Good to see you. God bless you. If you need a Bible, get your hand up real quick and our ushers will get you the Word of God. Then we will go to the Italian prophet Malachi chapter 3. That's Malachi, okay. Malachi 3 to help some of you to receive our tithes and offerings. A couple announcements real quick. Again, you saw the video of the marriage retreat. Man, make plans to go there. You saw the different ages. That's the goal between newlyweds and oldieweds, and you can figure out who the newlyweds are, who the oldieweds are. But I, I welcome all the ages. We, we look forward to that. I, I love to share good reports. And so many of you have come to church here for a while. We've prayed for one of our great men of God, Janice, Janice, raise your hand. This is Janice Williams, her husband, Eddie. And so Eddie's had a bout of some cancer in the stomach, and he lost two-thirds of his stomach recently. But, oh, she told me a minute ago, good, good news. He's no longer going to have any more chemo. So, yeah. Just keep praying, okay? That God will heal. And it, man, it's, it's a great night. I told her I would want to dance before the Lord, but it may scar some of you, but that's okay. All right. So we go to the book of Malachi 3, just on the area of giving. And God loves, he, he loves to, to bless the giver. And the reason I say that is because one, when we give, we take on his nature and his character. And actually, biblically, in uh, Acts 20, Acts 20, verse 35, it says that it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. Wow. So when I get to Malachi, I'm charged there in Malachi 3 to honor the Lord with the tithe. So that tithe is the 10%. He says specifically, bring that into the house of the Lord. And so when we obey God in that area, this may help you. You give God that 10% and God blesses the other 90%. But you don't have to do that. You can take all of it, the 100%, but it's not blessed, it's cursed. So I look at that and I think, whoo, I would rather live off 90% and know that God's blessed it then live off the 100% and know that it's cursed. So there's a benefit that comes when we tithe. And I just want to read verse 11 here to you so you see this. And it says specifically, And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. Now this is what God said. I, I'm going to rebuke the devourer for your sakes. <laughs> Who's the devourer? That's the devil. That's the thief. So when I honor God with my tithe, like he says right here in the Bible, God said, here's a promise. I'll rebuke the devourer for your sake so that he, the devourer, will not destroy the fruit of your ground, your crops. Nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. So this is the first thing he does. But it's all birthed off of obedience 
And God always rewards obedience when I obey his word, but I do it from my heart. And so if there's areas in your life and you're a tither, begin to pray that right there. Mm. Well, God, I, I thank you that you've rebuked the devourer for my sake. And you watch what God will begin to do. All right, let's pray. Father God, we love you. We honor you tonight. We thank you for the opportunity to give. We thank you for your word. And we just, just thank you. You're so good to us in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, remember the, the last groups are this Sunday at 5. Be sure and go to that, okay? Those are good groups. There's a list of them out there. Um, if you desire to go to the jail on Thursday, December 22nd, you need to get that application in tonight. And if you need info, go out here. Also, we are still taking offerings for the Operation Christmas Child. All that is is where you give an offering and say, you know what? I, I want to bless children in the church, and I promise you that's what we'll do, okay? All right, turn with me to the book of John chapter number 11. John chapter 11, and you say, that sounds familiar. Well, it is. It's where we were last week. And so there were a lot of things I didn't get a hit that I really want to, so you're going to John 11. So as you're turning there, you know, you find out in life that Sometimes it's easy to give up on our dreams. I, I give up on, on my promises. I, I give up on miracles. And how that begins to happen, it's kind of like a, a slow leak in, the, in your tire. Just a little bit at a time and a little bit at a time. And that's kind of how my faith is toward these dreams and miracles. And, and before long, it's like I, I have a spiritual flat tire. And so, as I say that tonight, is there, is there area of your life that God believes that he wants to resurrect that in your life? Is there something within you that you would say, Father God, I welcome you to resurrect that, to breathe on that situation. So here we are in John 11, and i got to paraphrase a little bit, but anytime Jesus would go to a, a city called Bethany, he had great friends there, Martha and Mary and a brother named Lazarus. And they were like family to him. And so one day Jesus is out and about, and he gets, the, he gets a text from Mary and Martha, and it says, the one whom you love, Lazarus, He's, he's very sick. Can, can, can you come? And so where Jesus is at right here, the Bible says that he didn't go for two days. He delays. But then on the third day, he goes to Bethany. So we start here in, in John 11, verse number 17. So when Jesus came, he found that he, Lazarus, had already been in the tomb for four days. Now, you remember this last week we were here. And so they've already had a funeral for him. So now you get a, kind of get a glimpse of how my mind begins to work on the scriptures. So the Bible says right here, he, he's been in the grave, the tomb, for four days. But they send him a message and says, Jesus, you need to come. But he delays for two days. Then he goes on the third day. 
So I'm reading all this, and I look, and I said, now, wait a minute. He delays two days, but he goes there three days, but he's already been dead four days. So if you read into that, I, I really believe that when that, that message or that text was sent to G, and I know it wasn't a text, okay? But, but when that took place, he was already dead or he was this close to dying right then. Just a thought. Now, I will tell you this right now. Get your pen out because there's going to be some things I'm going to say tonight that the Holy Spirit's going to mark on your heart, okay? Now, Bethany was near Jerusalem about two miles away, and many of the Jews had joined the woman around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went out and met him, but Mary was sitting in the house. And so she gets word that he's coming, and I mean, she... She makes a beeline to Jesus. Verse 21. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. It's your fault. We called you, we texted you, and you chose not to come. It's your fault. So I'm looking at this here and I'm reading it. She says specifically, Lord, she confesses Jesus, Lord. So she's a child of God. If you had been here, my brother would not have died. So we look at the word died. So when we see die or died, we come to a conclusion real quick. That's it. It's over. He's dead. But you know, there are some things in our life that when they die, we know it doesn't mean it's over. Well, what do you mean? <laughs> How many of you recently have gone out to start your car and you turn that key and your car goes, <laughs> nothing happens. And, and we all, even the ones of us in here who aren't mechanics, we know what that means. What does that mean? Your battery is what? It's dead. So does that mean it's over? Do we yank it out of the car and sling it in the... No, no, that's not what we do. We get these things called jumper cables and we hook them on there and that, that battery is revived. It comes back to life. So there are some things that we understand about death that doesn't mean it's over. So I'm reading this and I thought, what would happen tonight if Jesus just hooked his bumper, his bumper cables up to me and you and, and said, I want to jump you with a little faith. I want to jump you with some fresh hope today. It's not over. Oof. So I'm, I'm reading all this. And when she said, if you would have came, he wouldn't have died. It's like there's a pause right here when she says this. There's, there's a conjunction. Verse 22. But even now. But even now. Now we talked about this last week. But, but even now. I, I know everything in the natural says he's dead. But there's... There's a glimmer of hope within her. There's a flicker of faith within her. But, 
But even now, never put a comma where God puts a period and never put a period where God puts a comma. But even now, even now, now listen to what she says off her even now. I know that whatever you ask God, God will give you. A, a declaration here. A, a profession of faith. And it's like Martha saying, I, I serve a God who can reverse the irreversible. I, I serve the God who, who takes what man says impossible and, and I make it possible. And, and so I'm looking at all this. And many times in our life when we get these but even now moments, it's almost like we have the thought, but God, you're a day late and you're a dollar short. But even now. But even now. But even now, my application was denied. But I know God will do what you ask him to. But even now, it seems like the, the adoption fell through. But even now, I, I filed bankruptcy. So I give you several different views and things that take place in our lives at times. And so just right now, what's the even now of your life? But even now. So we're at prayer last night, and I, I begin to tell the people that were praying here this story. And it's an even now story. And so many of you have ever been to the Men of Iron. One of the, the guys who used to speak was a guy named Rick Burke, who I've been friends with for over 30 years. So we rewind way, way back. And Rick has three children. His oldest son, his name was David. And when David started going to school, he had learning problems. So they started testing him and they called Rick and his wife in and said, you need to sit down. That we've tested your son over and over and over and over. And, and he's just a shade in his learning process above being retarded. Down syndrome. We, we really don't see a lot of hope for him. Devastated. A lot of tears shed. But Rick and his wife were but even now moment, an even now moment. And so they begin to speak the things of God over his life. They begin to pray over him. They, they begin to release miracle power over their son. Even now, they said, you know what? We're not going to surrender. We're not going to give up. Even though everything in the natural says this, but we serve a God who reverses the irreversible. Fast forward. This same son named David, he graduates from high school. He makes it. He starts doing odd jobs and figures out he doesn't like doing any of them. So he tells his dad, he said, Dad, I think I want to go to college. Even now. So he goes to college. 
A couple years later, he has his bachelor's degree. A couple years later, he's got his master's degree. And you know what this kid who they said there was no hope for him to ever learn, you know what he does for a living? He's a special needs or a special education teacher to speak into the lives of ones that said, but even now. But even now. I, I don't know what your even now is right now, but I know we serve a God who says, come on, come on, trust me. Hook up with me. But even now, I know that whatever you ask God, God will give you. And Jesus said to her, this is what I think Jesus says to her. Let, let, let me tell you, Martha, what's fixing to happen. Your brother will rise again. Your, your brother's going to rise again. That this, this is what I'm going to ask. Because remember, she said, I know whatever you ask the Father. So how does that apply to me and you? Well, the scriptures tell me and you, whatever you ask, ask the Father in the name of Jesus. Woo, something happens, something happens. Verse 24. Martha said to him, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Martha's theology is correct. That's true. But what we misunderstand sometimes is this. Resurrection's not an event. Resurrection's a person. Better write that down. So the Lord Jesus in the very next verse, he reassures her and he says, I am the resurrection. I am the life. And so you hang around Jesus, you're going to get life. Woohoo. So there's some things that begin to happen in there, and we read them last week. And Jesus became very moved. But for time's sake, we go to verse 39. So Jesus said, Take away the stone. And everybody there gasped like, what type of crazy he? Take away the stone. And Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there's a stench for he's been dead for four days. She objects. She's like, I, I know you want to pay your respects to him, but he stinketh. He's been dead for four days. Then Jesus said to her, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? And, and to me, he said several things like this to her over and over. And to a degree, I think he's looking at her and said, Martha, are you not paying attention? Have you not paid attention to my word? And, and off of that, it's like he would say to me and you, come on, hook up with me. Just hook up to what I said. What did he say? And he said, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of the Lord? You know what faith is? 
It's acting like God is telling the truth. (laughs) It's an interesting thing right here. Verse 41. So they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I didn't get on this last week. Father, I thank you that you've heard me. Back to verse 22 with what she said. But now I know whatever you ask God, God will give you. And what did Jesus say to her? Your brother will rise again. And so he says right here, I thank you, Father God, you've heard me. You heard that I said to her, he'll rise again. Verse 42. And I know that you always hear me, but because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Now, there's a nugget of truth here that I didn't hit last week. I know that you always hear me, but because of the people who stand by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. This was why he delayed in coming. He reveals himself as the Messiah right here. So Jesus' goal right here, guys, wasn't just to heal and raise this guy from the dead. His goal was to save people, to see people get born again. So he always was evangelizing. He knew that was the biggest thing. So sometimes we get in a hurry and we're like, why are you delaying? But we don't see the big picture always. Woohoo! Watch what happens here. The even now. Now when he said these things, he cried with a voice, Lazarus, come forth. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. He just spoke to a dead man. He just addressed the dead man. And it's only crazy until it happens. And he who had died came out bound, held and full with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with cloth. And Jesus said, loose him and let him go. So remember last week, not only did Jesus raise him from the dead, Jesus set him free. Jesus still does those things. How do you know that? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the never changing. So look what happens off of this. Verse 45. Then many of the Jews, then many of the Jews who had come to Mary and seen the things Jesus did, believed in him. Oh, my gosh. Do you know when people see miracles, things happen. Do you think if there was someone and and you're, you're having a big funeral for one of your family members and it's like a family reunion and, and you're probably like me, you got some kinfolk that really need to be saved. And all of a sudden, Jesus shows up and says, we're going to raise him from the dead. Do you think some of them wouldn't get born again? Oh, man, line up. Oh, dear, people are raising from the dead. 
I mean, we're from Oklahoma. I'm from Oklahoma. I mean, pot's legal back there. They'd be like, what type of dope are they smoking? I mean, we don't see stuff like that. So all these Jews, all these Jews get born again. And you would think that would be the only response. You would think everybody's there. I mean, I got to get born again today. But look at verse 46. But some of them went away to the Pharisees and told them the things that Jesus done. Instead of cheering, he raised them. They tattle. What are you? Are you a cheer of the things of God or are you a tattler? So I begin to look at this, but even now, but even now. So what's the even now moment of your life? What's the even now in your life? And, and it's like, come on, come on, Jesus said, just pay attention. All you Marthas, just pay attention. Go with me to 1 Corinthians 13. 1 Corinthians 13. Well, I'm going to stir you up tonight. I tell you, I've been stirred up when I read this. Woo, I've been stirred up. You know, there's been people in our church that have been sick. There's a lot of them right now. And I'm telling you, I've been loose and bind. I mean, I've been marching. I loose, I bind, I rebuke, I pray. I loose, I bind, I rebuke. I mean, just, it irritates me. Where do you stand on that? I, I stand on that on, on Psalms 103. Read, read Psalms 103, and in verse 3, you'll see the covenant of God. One of his covenant names is Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals all disease. So, man, I've been praying that right now. People with sore throats, coughs, fevers. Who in Jesus' name? It's like God saying, man, I just look for someone who will believe me. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 11. When I, was, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. And I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. But the day came when I matured and I set away my, my childish ways. I left those infant ways. Now, when I read this here, the application is like spiritual development. We, we know you, you have to feed a baby with a spoon. But if you're still spoon-feeding a 12-year-old, something's wrong. But he's talking about spiritually. And he's saying we get to grow up. We've got to grow up. And so he mentioned two words that really jumped off here. Speaking, understanding, and thinking. So if you want to help your understanding... Change the way you speak and change the way you think. And by changing the way I speak and the way I think, I get a kingdom understanding. So if we go back and look how Jesus spoke, he spoke exactly as he desired it. I can go back and look over and over. Jesus spoke to dead people. Jesus spoke to the lame. Jesus spoke to the wind. Jesus spoke to the waves. He spoke to the leper. And he always spoke the desired result. So this is part of, of maturing, that I've got to learn to get my tongue in line with the word of God. I've got to say the things God says. Now, 
to give you a great scripture, turn with me to Proverbs chapter 18. Proverbs 18, and I'm, I'm going to try to hit both of those tonight. We probably won't make it. My speaking and my thinking. Now, this is a good one for you to write down. Proverbs 18. We'll begin in verse 20, and then we'll read verse 21. A man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. Wow. My, my spiritual stomach will be satisfied. My heart, my inner man will be satisfied by the fruit of my mouth. In other words, by the things that I'm saying. From the produce of his lips, he shall be filled. So he's telling me, you're going to be filled with something. And it's going to be a result of what's coming out of your mouth. Now, this, this is the Hall of Fame verse, okay? Verse 21. Death and life are in the power of what? The tongue. So guess what he just said? Your words have the ability to produce life or to produce death. Wow. And those who love it will eat its fruit. And what it's talking about, you'll eat the fruit that comes from your mouth. So a person's life largely reflects the fruit of his tongue. To speak life is to speak God's perspective. But to speak death is to declare negative things. Now let me ask you, what are you speaking all day long? Do you speak life or do you speak death? Now think about what he just said here. You're speaking life or death all day long. So years ago, we began to see the power of the tongue. Man, we would see it over and over. And so I knew in order to change that, I needed God's help. But I need to have someone to help me become very accountable. So me and Shelly made this pact. That if either one of us ever said anything that didn't line up with the word of God or was negative or death, the other one had the permission to correct them. It wasn't a good idea, okay? It was running like 10 to 1. About every 10 words I said, man, I get corrected. I get corrected. I mean, I'd be driving and she'd say, is that what you want? I'd say, no, no. So it got me to a place where I had to be very careful the things I was saying. Now I'm going to really help you. Now I hadn't, I hadn't spoke on this in a number of years. But a couple of years back, the Lord just impressed this on me. And some of you will remember this. This is one to write down. So the Lord said to me one week, he said, I want everything that you say out of your mouth that after you say it, Tag it with this. And that's just the way I want it to be. And that's just the way I want it to be. So let me give you an illustration of that. Now I'm going I'm to I'm pin you to the wall through the scriptures because this is what happened to me. I'll never get my dream job. And that's just the way I want it. I'll, I'll never have that dream house. And that's just the way I want it. 
We're always broke. We never have enough, and that's just the way I want it. Now, guess what was happening? It's like going to the principal for licks. I was like, I'm, I'm getting wore out by this. That's not what I want. But yet, why do you keep saying that? Well, I know I'll, I'll never have a, a godly marriage, and that's just the way I want it. I know I'll never get pregnant. That's just the way I want it. And so it began to tear me up. I was like, oh my gosh, I, I've got to have help. And so I became, very, I, I became like a surgeon with the words. You know, sometimes during COVID, people say, you're, you're going to get, everybody's going to get it. We're going to get, all my family's going to get it. You watch what I tell you. And that's just the way I want it. It's like a self-fulfilled prophecy. It's the flu season and I know everybody in my house is going to get it. And that's just the way I want it. And so you can keep going down that road. But I'm either speaking life or I'm speaking death every day of my life. All day. So what would happen if we would get over the place in our life and we would begin to say what God says? Whoo, my God says that I'm more than a conqueror. That's Romans 8, 37. My God said in Philippians 4, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm going to give you a nugget. Write this down. Those who say they can and those who say they can't, they're both right. Uh-oh. That hurt. I just start speaking the word. I speak the word and I speak the word and I speak the word. And, and many of you know my history, whether it was through alcohol or sleepwalking. I mean, I was a sleepwalking champ and I began to get, get a hold of the word of God. I knew God wanted me to have sweet and peaceful sleep. So Psalms 127, 2, he said, I give my beloved sweet and peaceful sleep. Psalms 4 and 8, Proverbs 3, 24, all those are on sleep. I never sleep good at night and that's just the way I want it. Are you kidding me? But you begin to see. And so the words out of our mouth, we start going in that direction. But I go back and I look at Jesus. And he said, your brother will rise again. He didn't cross his finger. I said, man, I hope this works. No, he spoke it as he desired it. And that's what I looked over and over and over again. When he would speak to the wind, he'd say, peace be still. He knew there was power in his words. Oh, I didn't get, I didn't get to your thoughts. Where are your thoughts? Romans 12, 2. Be not conformed to this world. Don't, don't allow the world to dominate. Don't allow the world to did you. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. How am I transformed? By the renewing of my mind to the word of God. So I start thinking in line with the word of God. Uh, Proverbs 24, 7, as a man thinketh, so is he. Woo, how you thinking? How's your thought life? Have you been dating the devil? Have you and the devil been going steady? Have you and the devil been romancing? Break up with that cat. He's a dirty old rat. All they want to do is ride your back. He'll get you down, down, down to the ground and treat you just like a dirty old hound. Don't listen to the devil because he's a liar. All they want to do is try to destroy you. Now listen, 
Cast down those thoughts that the devil brings. You, your shield of faith, and you'll always win. Don't treat the thought like it never came, but cast it down in Jesus' name. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Can I tell you something? I don't preach what I don't live, okay? That's a hypocrite. Man, I have to do this day by day by day. And I wish I could always tell you I speak life. There's days still, Shelly, saying, that's just the way you want it to be. And I'll say, get behind me, say. No, I'm just kidding. I don't say. <laughs> Stand up before I get in trouble. <laughs> Woo, I hope this helped you. I'm telling you, goodness of God, the goodness of God. I have a ball on Wednesday nights. I really do, okay? And so I, I pray this soaks in you. But even now. Come on, just, just here for a second. Let's close our eyes and raise our hands to heaven. Father God, we come in here, every one of us with, but even now is in our life. But even now, I'm hurting. But even now, my marriage is on life support. But even now, I'm frustrated. But Father God, we look to you. Ooh, we look to you, Father God. Grace is here tonight. Breathe life into us. Stir back up faith. And Father God, we ask you to put the Holy Spirit jumper cables on us. Lord, I pray right now that you stir up hope and faith. You stir up life in here, Father God. Now grace is in our tongues and our thoughts in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you once again for joining us on this podcast. To check out more services from Faith Church, you can find our live broadcast on YouTube or check out our website at faithchurchlubbock.com for more information on upcoming events, how to give, and how you can get involved.